You're listening to Redemption Cast, Season 4, Episodes 5 and 6, Supersymmetry and Spin the Bottle. In this pair of episodes, Fred discovers who sent her to Pylea, everybody starts shipping hashtag Cornor, and the gang reverts into teenagers after a game of Spin the Bottle. Robin. I'm Stephanie. I'm Kimberly. And I'm Matt. (laughs) Stepped all over you. (laughs) Hey, welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks. Great to be back. (laughs) Yay! Yay! Uh, But of course, this is also a sad episode because this is one of the only redemption casts, hopefully, that we don't have a Lyrio here with us. So. It's, yeah, Illyrio always tells us to, that we should wait. You know, if we, if any of us have a problem, he, he says, "Well, we should just wait." But I think everybody's tired of waiting. <laughs> we want to keep going, keep the momentum. We want to keep going. And yeah. if and yeah. if uh, if everything works out correctly, we're going to have a nice uh, bit of audio feedback from Illyrio that I'm going to edit into this podcast later, and hopefully he'll talk for at least thirty minutes with a beer in his hand. So. <laughs> That's almost guaranteed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. Illyria was good at halting the momentum of podcasts. Rest in peace, last word podcast. Oh, With don't Chris say Mario. rest in peace. Last word. I still have my. I still have my press gang on pause, just waiting for to start again. So, anyway, um, all right. So let's get into our first episode, Super Symmetry. Uh, featuring uh, the writings of uh, new writers, Elizabeth Kraft and Sarah Fain. Um, First off, before we jump into anything, mm. nobody shipping Condor, whatever you call them. It's Cornor. It's kind of like the a Cornor. Cornor. Nobody is? <laughs> nobody shipping this nonsense. Nobody? Um, it's revolting. Okay, let's keep going. I think when I was much younger, I was like, yeah, go, Connor, get some. <laughs> no, because I'm old, okay. I'm like, yeah, Cordy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm really not. It's really good. Isn't she technically like, like two years older than him at this point? <laughs> yeah, but just. Why still, does she look 15 years older than him? I know, exactly. <laughs> yes, it is gross, but it's great drama. Mm-hmm. It's not at all, actually, but let's keep going. All right. <laughs> Kim, give us as many of those live reactions as you can as we go through this, because uh, there's, there's, there should be lots of reactions to this episode. Sure. Okay. So uh, uh, Elizabeth Kraft and Sarah Fain went on to write for Dollhouse, the next Mutant Enemy podcast that Illyrio and Kim will be podcasting about. Obviously. What's a Dollhouse? <laughs> It's a show that yeah. stars Eliza Dushku, so I obviously know that. you're very interested. <laughs> I actually yeah, didn't know that. I, I think genre fans should know their names very well. <laughs> oh, and uh, best wishes. Isn't she getting married? To, yeah, to Eliza Dushku. Thousand nerd hearts everywhere breaking. Yeah, whatever. So um, we're gonna move on here. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, happy happy seven years to uh, potential cast too. That's that's a Yay. seven years. Yes. Wow, we are such losers. Yeah, my, <laughs> my still my, be doing this. My podcast or is loyal, younger than that. Whatever one. you want to call it. 
<laughs> All right, uh, so let's get started. We hear screaming, but it's an excited Fred. She's published in Modern Physics Review, Supersymmetry in P-Dimensional Subspace. Gunn attempts to read it, but Fred is ready for love and damn girl, that skirt. Yeah, I was like, what skirt? <laughs> I was like, she's got, she's all in right now. Damn. Holy cow. <laughs> I was I was like I I had to cover my eyes I was like whoa Fred whoa <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't screen cap that for the Facebook posting for the discussion <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> meanwhile when did she when did she have time to write that paper I I I thought it was one that she wrote bef- like five years ago and is no because I think. When Angel and Lauren are talking about it, or, or somebody's talking about it, yeah, she's trying to get back into physics. Like, this is a recent development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. this, is this the first time that we've... this uh, Fred and Gunn being like, other than just kissy-kissy. We haven't oh, seen really them... Like get down. Oh, we haven't seen <laughs> yeah. them physical, we haven't but seen we've seen them room, like, make out. Like, this intimate... No. Except for the French fry escapade. Don't <laughs> <laughs> forget pancake kisses. Yeah, All exactly. That too. All right. So meanwhile, Angel provides Lauren with a little dinner in bed. Angel is working toward asking Lauren to read Cordy again. No way. Uh-uh. Uh, so Angel hears something and finds his son rummaging through Cordy's things. Angel wonders about her, but Connor has it handled. And she's always stealing his covers. Uh, oh, that was what? so great. <laughs> when he t- you know, uh, like, I know her better. No, I know her better. Oh, mm. she steals the covers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh. mic drop. <laughs> the next day, Gunn is fatigued by all the Fred babbling and some other stuff. Uh, so is Lorne. <laughs> but Fred is just so excited to be recognized for her work. Her studies went a little off track when she got stuck, sucked into Pylea for five years. Angel is broody over Connor and Cordy. Fred is sure it'll work out. So what does Angel want to uh, – what does he want to accomplish by having Lauren read Cordy again? That they would know more about what freaked her out? They're slouching towards Bethlehem. Things are uh-huh. – something's coming. Something's happening. He has to know. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure Slouching's not moving very fast though. <laughs> yeah. It's like it yes. doesn't sound very scary. No. <laughs> Something slowly moving Whatever towards the it apocalypse. Has, doesn't sound very has bad posture. <laughs> uh, meanwhile at Casa Rogue Demon Hunter, our other broody hero is suspicious of Lila when she brings a gift. It's a medieval helmet. Wes appreciates the gift, but he leaves, and uh, we see Lila uh, finding Fred's article. So Lila is more into Wesley than Wesley is into Lila. I don't know about that. I just think, I don't know. I think she just, I don't know how to describe it. She probably didn't think there was another girl in the picture, and she's just more possessive, I think, than into Mm -hmm. him. That's at least how I took it. Yeah, and I don't think, you know, Wesley was betrayed in the last episode, so I think that's why he's acting the way he is towards Lila. Mm-hmm. Like, so. uh, she knows yes. that, that he's into Fred, that he's... Yeah. 
Yeah. So and, I think that she's kind of punishing herself in a way. Oh, by completely. Up with a, yeah. So she probably because of all the things that she does, she feels guilty about. So this is kind mm-hmm. of a way for her to do penance. Yeah, a guy she's self-sabotaging her. herself. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know she well. <laughs> <laughs> At Connor's Sanctuary of Dirt and Sadness, Cordy <laughs> constructs a literal memory board of everyone she knows, except for her friends in Sunnydale. Uh, we do see what Cordy's parents look like for the first and... Uh, Spoilers only time. Uh, and for some reason, Connor wasn't able to find a picture of Angel. Oh, darn. <laughs> but I, but he did find a shower, which I guess all museum warehouse places that allow squatters is equipped with. Uh, first off, that loft is, that loft is gorgeous. I was like, I wish no. I had that much space. Ridiculous. Uh, Connor sp- Sneaks a peek at some core core cleavage as she tries to decorate. <laughs> <laughs> she feels something is missing. Connor offers her his axe and says, "Maybe she misses the action." Mm-hmm. The kill. She spelled action a x e. Let's just yeah, pretend I, I did because that's perfect. <laughs> so like you. <laughs> <laughs> At the California Physics Institute Symposium, Fred sees her old professor, Seidel. Uh, they talk in nerdish, and Gunn struggles to keep up. Angel's just Aww. here for the popcorn, uh, but he does notice Wesley sitting in the back. The uh, professor mm-hmm. introduces her, and everyone looks proud, except for Lila, who's in the back, uh, and then she steps away with her cell phone. Uh, Fred opens with some cuteness, but as the speech goes on, she's suddenly attacked by an interdimensional CGI tentacle beastie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Angel and Gunn spring into action and stop it before it can ad- abduct her to another dimension again. And uh, Fred is very much in shock. As everybody else is. <laughs> yeah. Well, not the kid taking photos. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, later. In the next scene, Lila <laughs> tries to leave, but Angel rips her top off. I mean, the car's top. The car's top. We know what you meant. Angel does his best Larry David squinty eye look to determine she wasn't responsible for the octospawn, <laughs> <laughs> but threatens a future conversation about what happened to Lila. Oh, yeah. You, you drilled a hole in my friend's head. But we're going to talk about that later because right now we're talking about this other yeah. horrible thing that I'm accusing you of doing. <laughs> if something just ripped the top of my car off, I would not stand up and poke my head out going, what was that? <laughs> yeah. That night, Gunn finds that Fred is back to writing on the wall. Um, she frets about almost disappearing again and what her professor must think of her. Gunn reassures her that he and Angel will take care of it. And downstairs. When you guys watch this for the first yeah. time, sorry. Yeah. No, please. When you guys watch this for the first time, did you re- realize that the professor sent her to Pylea? Because it seemed pretty obvious to me within the first three minutes of this. No, episode. I thought it was the TA. I thought it was Lori. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, it, that yeah. makes sense. They make Lori look been jealous, kind of yeah. like. Lori's not as smart as you, like some sort of jealousy, <laughs> like I'll send the competition or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and okay. kind of whenever I watch this episode, um, like like years apart, I always think, oh, was it her? Or yeah, I, I figure she like she's going to have so more she, of a role. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I saw when 
when the professor at the end, well, sorry, well, skipping ahead to the end, when he's like, when he's, when he's, um, sort of clinging on to the desk, he had like, he, I was like, oh, maybe he didn't do it. And then, uh, you know, the next episode I was thinking, oh, maybe the girl, the, the TA did it, but kind of just wrapped up. But anyways, yeah, go on. Downstairs, Angela sets some chairs up to try to remember who is there, like he's Sherlock Holmes or Will Graham or something. (laughs) 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 He realizes. But before Will Graham and before Sherlock Holmes. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So when when he was doing the reenactment thing, was Gunn seeing what he was seeing? No. No. No, because he said said that's a pretty cool trick. Like he, like he, like, where did you learn to do that? And I thought, oh, is this some sort of illusion thing? Yeah. But no. then, no. I guess Angel right. now has photographic memory. So, All right. episode, my theory, my theory's debunked already. <laughs> Did you have it? Was that part of a bigger theory, or is just that? No, not it? at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Angel realizes Lila was there stalking Wesley, who was there stalking Fred. Uh, but oh yeah, there was some kid taking pictures with a pretty conspicuous spy camera <laughs> near the front row. <laughs> what kind of camera was that? <laughs> this little tiny mini camera. Oh, that was a camera that only existed in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just asking actually, Kim. Like, what were we thinking when we first saw this? And I just was like thinking, God, that was 15 years ago. And this episode doesn't really stand out as like one of those ones where it was, you know really made an impression. I think the people at my work have cameras like that because whenever there's a work function and then they take photos, they always come out very small and blurry and with low resolution. <laughs> and I think to myself, Am I the only one with a decent camera phone? Because my mind is awful. Are they taking photos with their iPads? I hate to see that. <laughs> I have friends who carry those, carry those around and take pictures of them. It's really funny. Uh, I just think of like everyone's o- older aunt and uncle or grandparents <laughs> busting out the iPad to take photos. Oh, okay. Sorry. At a comic book I store. Uh, Gun tells some fool not to think that just because a guy reads some comic books, he can't start some shit. Um, yeah. No. But did it say in his shirt, Thwack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that guy. Yeah, Justin um, Long's distant cousin, Jared. <laughs> I actually like him, and I was like, I hope they make him a regular character. Because when they introduce characters, I hate them all. But this guy, I'm like, ah, oh, he's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, he wanted to like intern what? and stuff. We probably never see him again, right? Uh, I can't. I can't say that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Jerry Trainer plays him, and uh, his biggest role was playing the uh, older brother Is of this? I Carly. Oh, sh- sure. <laughs> Several years. So <laughs> I have. I have a, a bit of trivia. Oh, please go ahead. Please. Angel and Gunn question a man in a comic book store. When they throw him against a stand of comics, he says that they're crushing the Dark Horses, referencing Dark Horse Comics, the company that publishes Buffy and Angel Comics. Before leaving the store, Angel is also seen reading a comic with the Dark Horse Dark Horse logo visible on the cover. So they were doing the comics back then? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought they just started post-cancellation or ending uh, of series. 
Yeah, those are like, you know, Buffy Season 8. Um, the Angel comics, I think the Angel comics didn't start till after Angel ended. Um, because I know they did a whole thing. I can't after really talk about it. Cause, yeah, after the fall, whatever the fall is, Kim. Uh, <laughs> okay, don't worry, don't worry. Winter. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, yeah, but yeah, that... Now it's like, you know, they're presently doing Buffy Season 9 and uh, another Angel comic. So um, Somebody was telling me the other day they're reading Season 9 and it's good. They said that Season 8 got a little weird, but it gets better. Who was yeah. telling me that? I binged right through Season 8 and never picked up Season 9. And there's some other stuff I really want to read. I just, I got to stop watching TV so much. I think that'll give me some time. So this read. Is like, Why read? This, this is like a comic or graphic novel. That's only available that way? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. There's lots. Oh, my gosh. There are lots of comics. But the ones that were going on during this time, they were like, you know, stuff that happened in between episodes of, like, Buffy okay. and Angel. Yeah. All right. So uh, we just find out from him that um, uh, Fred is uh, – he wanted to see uh, one of the students that disappeared. And uh, Angel and Gunnar are like, one of? Um, yeah. So, Did he say like three previous and one post, Fred? Yes. I forgot. There are five okay. total. I love this because it's like the young female student and the older uh, professor that they look up to and they're being taken advantage of, you know? Uh-huh. Then you're recapping a porno right now. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> But, you know, on television, it's a trope that, you know, yeah. in college, every male professor is taking advantage of the the female student. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, go ahead. Well, none well, of them in how? high school. They're all disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, at the Institute, we, we kind of go back and forth between what Fred's doing and what Angel and Gunn are doing. But at the Institute, Fred tells Seidel about Pylea. And Seidel's like, I don't know about that mess, but uh, here's Lori. And Lori is looking a little bit t- timid and has been Seidel's TA for over five years now. Um, he asked Fred. Because she's a well, dummy. <laughs> 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 He's, he kind of tries to lure Fred to come back into working with him instead of dealing with the supernatural. And we go back to the comic book store and it turns out that Jared is a guy who's intrigued by stuff he reads on the internet. And... Uh, is happy to learn that Angel is a real person since there are forums and chat rooms about him. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and Angel is pleasantly surprised. I'm not going to steal any quotes, but God damn it. Please great. don't. <laughs> don't. Just who gets to it first? <laughs> Who's going to get it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just wanted to mention that Jared probably listens to Alex Jones right now. So, uh, anyway. Uh, oh, you're the worst, Jared. <laughs> Jared. <laughs> um, so, we see that uh, Seidel has a book uh, about making portals that Fred discovers. And we then we go back to Angel and Gunn at the hotel. They've hit the internets. So, you find an actual webpage that shows that five girls had disappeared and they all had Seidel as a teacher. And uh, if you look closely, in fact, one of them is Manson girl Sadie Atkins. <laughs> well, at least they used the name Sadie Atkins. I was like, Sadie Atkins? Um, Fred shows up and says uh, she's going to kill the professor. 
And she begins to go through the weapons cabinet, and Gun and Angel try to discourage her. Fred gives up and retreats to her room, and Angel and Gun decide to start making a plan. I think it's great that uh, that Amy gets to play so many different emotions in this episode. She, you know, she's like in shock, yeah. and then she's like dark. Like mm-hmm. she's going to the dark place, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if there's anything to push her over the edge, I think it's like this guy mm-hmm. not only took advantage of me and sent me off to a hellscape for five years, mm-hmm. but like has done it to other girls too. I think it's a little weird. Anything that Gun- highly related. Yeah, I think it's weird that Gun keeps his cool through this. You know, trying to discourage her. I mean, I would, I would have been, I'm, I would think Gun would be like, I'm going to kill him first. You know. <laughs> Well, I mean, I feel like he he is. He said that him and Angel, you know, he's he he was keeping her calm and and talking her down from being so upset. But then he turned to Angel and he was like, "All right, how are we going to kill him?" Mm. Like, yeah, because he, he wanted was, to do it for her. He he wanted to take care of her. Yeah, he wanted make sure want that her she involved. doesn't turn evil. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's his way of taking care of her. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think in this moment, though, he was planning on killing the professor, though. I, uh, I don't think so either. So but I don't know what... do? Well, that's the... Yeah, that's the thing. What... He probably had informed in his mind, you know, the next step of, we'll confront him, but then what? Uh-huh. What do you do with a person like that? You can't take them... Yeah. A person. Peace, so. a, human. a human, not a demon. Yeah. A human. Because I think they do mention that he's a human and... Uh, she was like, he's a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Why isn't there yeah. like a supermax prison for humans that dabble in the occult or whatever? Shouldn't this world have like an Arkham <laughs> Asylum for? <laughs> also, why for, are the for them all to get loose at once? <laughs> why... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that's your series finale. What was They're your all other question? Loose. <laughs> right? Oh, it was going to be why are the professors on this show creepy? Because remember the one who froze his, himself and his girlfriend in like mid orgasm? But that was his plan anyway. Kids, stay away from science. You could lead to this kind of nonsense. Uh, so apparently, Fred borrowed that book of portals because in the next scene, she's already at Bad Boy Wesley's house uh, looking for vengeance. And uh, she's impressed that he was there to see her speak. Uh, Wes reminds her that she'll have to live with herself, and that's what Fred says that Seidel's a serial killer. And that's enough for Wesley. He hits the books for an appropriate punishment. Then she gets a text portal. What will they do? I love this. (laughs) She's like, oh, Oh, no, you you just just text portals to people? (laughs) Why isn't this happening more often? That seems like a crazy (laughs) weapon to have. I don't know. Um, and wait, and I love that every time they've been in a bind, Fred has went to Wesley or wanted ma- to go to Wesley. Imagine if they had Twitter back then. You would, <laughs> you, there would just be portals opening up for the entire world. At real Donald. Okay, <clears throat> so, uh, so, so I wrote, "What will they do? Ah, who cares? Let's watch Connor and Cordy fight some vampires." After staking a vamp, the celebration turns to kissing! What is going on? <laughs> Can someone text a portal to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? <laughs> He's not Kim, there. Kim, He's I got, not there. He's I got to hear Kim's like... Mar-a-Lago. Kim's first reaction to this is very important. More important than any of that nonsense. 
<laughs> well, at first I was just like, okay, this is just a little too ridiculous. This would never happen. And then when she kissed him, I was just like, I honestly said, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I got up and I changed uh, the channel. I, no. <laughs> then I put then I put my wet laundry into the dryer because I didn't want to even look at the screen anymore. <laughs> Okay, so. <laughs> but this is just such a great F you to it's his not, dad. It's not yeah. at all. <laughs> oh, so I think you, it's just a stalling tactic for, from what everybody wants to see, which is Angel and Cordelia together mm. at this at this venture of the series. But I just think it's so unbelievable and absolutely not plausible for Cordelia to even be attracted to Connor. <laughs> But yeah. hey, hey, television. I, I, I cannot defend or or even explain any of that. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's interesting. Is he? <laughs> She's more it's, attracted to him now than in the next episode when she regresses to an age closer to him. <laughs> then she's like, uh, no, nerd. Yeah, because she looks at Angel and realizes, yeah, why would I want to have this ground beef when steaks right over here? That's why. <laughs> Back at the Hyperion, we're still recovering from whatever the hell happened in the last scene, but Angel jumps out the window for some reason. Uh, then we go <laughs> wait, to... what? Wait, wait. What? Oh, that's just in my... Re- I, that's what I wrote. I, I wasn't... I had no idea what they were talking about. I was still in shock. Did you, did you get anything from that scene? Angel and Gunn seemed to go off to do things, and no. they, were t- they were talking, but I was, like, blinded and deafened by <laughs> that horrific kiss. <laughs> Um, uh, I don't remember. Okay, go ahead. Nothing important. And uh, also, by the way, Wesley and Fred got away from that text portal somehow. Because <laughs> <laughs> the next thing we see is they're just driving. It's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, so they're going to see uh, Professor Seidel, and she loads up a crossbow, and, and uh, she thanks uh, Wesley. And Wesley notes, hey, noticed Gun's not here. And. Uh, Fred says that Gunn doesn't have it in him. And so Wesley drops Fred off and drives away, I guess, because... <laughs> I don't know. Um, so at Seidel's lab, Angel gets sidelined by a demon, and Seidel runs straight into the blunt end of Fred's crossbow. Back at the incest uh-huh. warehouse... Uh, Connor wants more <laughs> training. This club has everything. <laughs> Cordy says he's nice and all, but he was just a baby recently, so uh, she might need some time. Barfateria. Uh, she leaves, and Connor punches a wall. But I've he's eighteen. Doesn't yeah. make it better. Yeah. Uh, as Angel fights a demon that, even when beheaded, just grows another head. Uh, Fred <laughs> confronts the professor. She's figured that Seidel just hated competition, except for Lori, because Lori's a dummy. She, <laughs> so she opens fuck up you, a Lori. portal. Yeah, fuck you, Lori. Uh, she opens up a oh, portal. Oh, so that's what it is. He, if anybody is is as smart smart as smart as he is, or smarter, he just sends them to another dimension to get rid of competition. I mean, like, 
is there any more explanation that for this? Is, is there any? I don't know. I don't get this at all. It's just kind of like okay. <laughs> it just seems to be like okay. I don't think they. Yeah, I guess that's the best explanation. And it doesn't seem like they really articulated it that well. But they they did mention Lori and yeah. Yeah, and she's no threat. Or, but that's so strange because normally professors take pride in their students and when they mm-hmm. are well taught and educated. You know, it's just like um, how sometimes they reward bosses based on how many promotions have happened. It's like yeah. you're fostering new talent. So it's a little strange, I guess. <laughs> I mean, does he uh, inten- does he intentionally not teach his class very well because he's afraid like somebody's going to get as smart as him? <laughs> it's, it's like don't learn this chapter. Gonna skip right over this. He's gonna be smart if I teach him this. Because I was thinking, is it this or is it that he's using them as guinea pigs for his work? Yeah, it could be. I don't guess it. Or he's just his ego is so ridiculous. So I guess we weren't supposed to think about that part. We were only supposed to see that Fred was vengeful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she opens a portal, and as Seidel screams for help, Gunn argues with Fred that this isn't what she wants to do. And he warns her that if she kills him, he's going to lose her. And his solution? Snap the professor's neck himself and throw him in the portal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, solutions. Works for me. Like, that was very <laughs> shocking to me. Like, that was a crazy ending. So, uh, a bit of trivia here. Uh the writers, uh, uh, Elizabeth Kraft and Sarah Fane, originally had Fred kill him. And because, you know, girl power. You know, like <laughs> female empowerment. And then uh, story editor and still working for the show, uh, Tim Minear, uh changed it to gun. So it was Tim Minear's decision. Um, I have some kind of mixed feelings uh, uh, quote from J. August Richards here about this. Uh, uh-huh. In the... Uh, Angel of the Case Files. Um, He says, It was a very difficult scene to play. I found that I got a little upset that day because I feel like there was a particular moment in that scene that was kind of breezed over that I didn't feel that anybody was giving weight to, which was the difference between me trying to convince her not to do it and then me doing it myself, that sort of unwritten moment, that unspoken moment. I was trying really hard to capture that moment, so I found myself getting really protective of the scene and of the moment, I don't think it ever really got on film, to be honest, but that scene was difficult to shoot. So even J.R. Richards is like, the fuck? (laughs) You know? Or, you know, how did this lead to this? It wasn't really set up very well, I don't think. And you know what I've just come to realize from watching so much television? These days, or even then, they... The time is so limited. They have to pack so much story into 42 minutes mm-hmm. that little moments like that are so, are lost. And that's why there's so much, you know, like obvious exposition and obvious, you know, it's in the dialogue. Because they can't rely on the actor to emote any, uh, you know, ex- express through acting anything, hardly. I mean, I okay. Just, I just think if you eliminate or at least trim down on the Connor Cordy stuff, I mean, whatever. 
first scene of the yeah. some scene in the episode, Connor and Cordy setting up the apartment. It, it some some sort of connection happens and they kiss, and then we don't hear about it in, until Cordy shows up at the end of this episode. So whatever. Mm-hmm. Then give Gun and Fred some time to actually make that all work. I don't know. Make Gun like strain over potentially killing this guy, and what's it going to do to him? <laughs> what's well, it gonna do to the I relationship? mean. You know, with it being rewritten by Tim Minear, yeah. uh, I don't know. I think it was, on Gunn's part, just a snap decision. Pun partially intended. <laughs> wow. You're worse than Robin. Uh, oh, hey. <laughs> That's just a call for. Hey, we're going to make that a quote on the uh, cover art of the podcast. <laughs> Matt is worse than Robin. <laughs> And Matt is also wrong about games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in the last scene, Gunn and Fred go back to their room without admitting to Angel that Gunn murdered this guy before disposing of the body. Angel just seems to be satisfied with, it's been taken care of. Like, it's the, you know, whatever. It's family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. Anyway, Cordy shows up. She doesn't need any protecting and she definitely doesn't want any more lies. She asks him, were we in love? And we hit credits. Uh Great cliffhanger. Yeah. And I love how some of these episodes are pairing up because uh, this is definitely one that leads into the other. Yeah, it's like everything ends and begins in the courtyard. Yeah. So, okay. uh, Do you guys want to do ratings or quotes first? Where's Illyrio? (laughs) What do we do? We do ratings. Feedback? Feedback. Wait, this feedback is about both the episodes. We gotta save the feedback for the end. Okay. <laughs> so ratings, Kim, give us your rating. Um, I overall enjoyed the episode. Again, I hate everything Connor related, so take that. Uh, take that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I I liked um, excuse me, I liked Fred in this episode because usually, I don't know. I think that they misuse her sometimes because. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to say this without saying sounding wrong, but like again, because you know this whole world is about female empowerment. Well, I I like to think so. Like, like the whole world, where, or like Angel, or what? like the Buffyverse. Oh, the Buffyverse. Right? Okay. Where I don't like where there's like the damsel in distress type thing, um, with the main characters especially, mm-hmm. and when I look at Fred. It's just physical. She just looks frail. And they paired her up with Gun, and Gun's like always there to protect her and this and that. And I was kind of upset that she didn't kill the professor in the end, but I want to see where it goes. But I, like Steph said earlier, she played a bunch of different emotions in this episode. And I, I like that they used her in a just a different way because I always felt like. They play her frail and weak and, you know, she's very smart and booksy, but when she gets physical and, you know, stands up for herself, I was like, yeah, come on, you know, and I I like that she had a chance to do that again because it's very few and far between. I'd like to see her do that more. Um, So out of 10, I will say it was I liked it. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 and the only two points I'm taking off is for everything involved with Connor. (laughs) Okay, Matt. Mm. Uh, I like Amy Acker a lot, and I and I like Fred a lot. This 
this episode, though, um, because of the Connor stuff and the, uh, well, yeah. Anything that's been said about Connor has already been said. Um, no, it hasn't. We got some good Lila getting started Wesley. This podcast. Lila Wesley. Yeah, that's a. Oh, yeah, Lila Wesley. That was long, good stuff. Long road. Um, I don't know. I'm stammering because I didn't really think of a rating for this. It's, oh, okay. It was just fine. Um, I like the portals. I like that you can text portals to people. <laughs> I like the little snakes. <laughs> the little snappy heads. Kind of cute. Uh I found that the portals opened up too quickly. You know what I mean? Because they just like m- half muttered the <laughs> the words, and all of a sudden a portal appeared. Usually, it yeah. takes more conjuring, right? But <laughs> I just thought they were a little too ready. <laughs> You're supposed to be saying Clato, Barada, uh, Nick too, like over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah. They just sort of mutter three syllables and like, whoa, watch out! <laughs> Here's a simple haiku. Boom portal. <laughs> Yeah. If it was that simple, then you'd be doing opening by accident, you know? Exactly. It should be more complicated. You're right. Uh, <laughs> I never really bought the whole premise that if Fred actually takes revenge on the person that caused her it's such incredible harm, that she'd somehow lose herself, yeah. like mm-hmm. become tainted in some way. I don't think that's true. I personally think it would make her more empowered. Fuck this guy. He's awful. He's scum. He's killed lots of people. He's just—he's a serial murderer. They even called him like a serial killer. So mm-hmm. you know, just because he's human, he's—he somehow gets a reprieve from you know. If he was a demon, then they'd kill him. I don't—I don't think so. I say mm-hmm. she should. She should have killed the bastard. And I never really. So I didn't get that whole. Oh, Fred, your soul. Oh no, you'll lose yourself. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, seven and a half uh, out of ten. Uh, snakes from space. Snakes from <laughs> space. Yeah, I, I got to piggyback onto yours, and I'll I'll let let you rate stuff. But I, yeah, it, it is weird. Why is it that Fred can like like Fred has to be protected from getting revenge? Where you know Gun and Angel and Wesley, you know, they're it's it's fine for them to get revenge, or I don't know. It's just. Nobody's nobody's like no angel. You can't have revenge. Let me do it for you. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Uh, gross. And uh, I say that the day after uh, Happy Patriarchy Day uh, that I celebrated um, as a uh, as, oh. as what. What Father's uh, Day? Oh yeah, Father's Day. I've said it the wrong. Said it the wrong way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Is there backlash against Father's Day? <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sick of the internet. He just wants—he just wants more presents. That's all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did read an article. It was like, why do we spend less on? Oh no, you posted that. Didn't That's you, right. Robin? I did. <laughs> Robin. Well, I, I was trying to let my wife know. You know, why is it? Why is it not so? Somebody's even, but... always complaining. <laughs> right. Anyway, I'm giving it five out of ten edible complexes. Five. Yeah, it just wasn't low. that. It wasn't oh, that really? great of an episode. I did not buy uh, the some of the motivations. The also like Fred's like opening up a portal. Like get in the portal. Like you're gonna you're gonna go and take a long trip to another dimension. Guns like. Your body is going to take a long trip to another dimension. I'm just going to straight up kill this guy. <laughs> well, the evidence is gone. Like he can't be, you know, he can't, can't be proven that he murdered this human being. So yeah, 
Yeah. But I, I like this episode. I like that. I like that women wrote it. It seems very... And know, then a pretty- man came in and changed the ending? What the <laughs> fuck? True. That's really weird, huh? <laughs> I don't like this part. episode as much as I, more I talk about it. It's just... Uh, sorry. But sorry. The only thing I don't... Points. The only thing I don't like about it is the the it's not clear the motivation of the the villain, but I like that that Fred yeah. goes you know from being scared to being determined and going to, to Wesley. She like she's not even like she's like detaching herself from from Gun, like she's not talking to him. Yeah, and. Well. Um, they hinted at that from the very beginning because they obviously speak two very different languages in, you know, she's an academic and he's not. And trying to make him feel um, like he doesn't even know her because this whole uh, other part of her life, that's useful. That was that was everything that she did. And I, even the professor kind of alluded to it where it's like this life that you have now, you fell into it. It wasn't like what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, sorry. Fred and Gunn come from two different worlds, yeah. So I give it uh, eight out of ten wimps. Eight. I mean... Um, <laughs> wimps. I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping Illyrio really trashes this one. We'll see, but right now... <laughs> right now, uh, it is a 7.1 uh, t- uh, mm. average. You can, you can shave a few points off mine. I talked myself out of that eight when we were doing this recap. <laughs> yeah, another rate? reason I <laughs> another reason I give it an eight was the uh, the parlor trick. I love that. That was cool. <laughs> the parlor trick. The parlor trick. Yeah, where Angel. Yeah, Gun asks Angel where he learned that parlor parlor trick. Oh, where oh, he, oh the, yeah. Where he's imagining where he's like uh, oh, going over yes. the the scene Duh. in his head and yeah. figuring out who the. That's what I'm saying. Is that could Gun see what he was doing? I think he could. <laughs> I don't think that's a power that Angel has. I think the first time the first time I watched it, I thought that, but then I was like, uh-huh. no, I think Gun's just he's getting into the mindset that Angel is, and he's imagining the whole scene, yeah. and he's yeah. re- recalling it just like Angel did. He's like, how did you set up all those chairs? Mm-hmm. We usually have to do that for you. <laughs> so, Kim, you want to stay at eight before we move on to quotes? Or do you want to? Uh, I don't want to talk uh, you into changing your score. No. Uh, I don't know. Um, let, let's see after the next episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about quotes then. Uh, let's let our guest go first. Okay, sure. Um, there are several competing dimensional theories, and while each provides insights, Physicists have long searched for a unifying theory, one that can account for both the behavior of the smallest subatomic particles and the largest forces of nature. If space-time can undergo massive rearrangement of its structure, which I believe it can, tearing and reconnecting according to a predetermined disposition, then T-duality would allow for the compactification of extra space dimensions. Consider the non-perturbative properties of superstring theory. In D-brains, especially as applied to Dirichlet boundary conditions with dual open strings that are T-transformed, this in turn leads to the conclusion that strings can only end in P-dimensional dynamical... Ah! <laughs> so bored. <laughs> I the last who part wrote was important, that. though. <laughs> like, I wonder, did they have a technical person? Uh, 
did they yeah. talk to no. no, they went so on to Wikipedia. They, probably... they pulled every, every scientific, <laughs> yeah. pseudo-scientific word, and they threw it in a blender, and that's what they came out. <laughs> All right, Kim, you're next. Come on, I'm holding your head. <laughs> Steph? Go ahead, Robin. You, you want me to say it? You go. They talk about me in the chatty rooms? <laughs> <laughs> and again, Angel does not get technology. I love it. He's from another century. You know, Angel, coming from you, idle threats are so well idle. You remember when I ripped your car in half? He didn't rip her car in half. Exaggeration. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hulk smash. Any other quotes anybody wants to fire off before we play a little spin the bottle? You know what they say about payback? Well, I'm the bitch. Yes. There's all three of my quotes used up now. <laughs> she take her fuzzy slippers. Her feet get cold. I know. She's always stealing the covers. Oh. <laughs> Burn. Uh, Steph, you got any more? No, that's all mine we're taking. Spin the bottle! Yes! Written and directed by Joss Whedon. What, what? 200th episode of Buffy and Angel that has aired at this point. Really? Yeah, yeah. And this is, was the same week as Conversations with Dead People, which mm. uh, is another great episode. I always notice, you know, especially when we're doing Angel, like whenever there's an awesome episode airing, there's usually another awesome episode airing on Buffy too. Well, because it sweeps weeks, sweep week, probably yeah. sweep month, sweeps, sweeps week. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is. Uh, the, the the episode title is explained pretty well. I mean, it is a bottle that causes a spell, and this is also a bottle episode. Mm-hmm. So, mm. And this is also an idea they've kind of explored in the past. Kim, can you remember any sort of episodes of Buffy that are kind of like this? Not at all. <laughs> I don't okay. remember anything about Buffy. Mr. Asendorf in the back. Uh. Close enough. Um, yeah, tabula as, rasa. As, 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 <laughs> Matt. <laughs> Matt A. That's why we yeah, call you yeah. Matt A. Matt yeah. A. Tabula rasa. I don't, is that, did I yep. mispronounce it? Illyrio. Uh, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually tabula. <laughs> uh, tabula rasa. It's with the Canadian U, of course. Uh, yes. Yep. And that's uh, when, what was that? Everybody forgets on Buffy's was it on Buffy's birthday? Was that a Buffy birthday episode? I don't think so. Mm, or is oh man Tabula Rasa? What the hell was that one? That was a season six episode. Season six, wasn't it? yeah. And right means clean right slate. That's the... all I know. <laughs> Translate to. Wasn't that after Tara? Hmm. <laughs> Who? What? What? No. <laughs> I'm trying to like. Is there a Buffy oh, the one where they're at, when they're at the magic shop. Oh yes, yes. Oh yes, and and uh, Spike and Giles are father and son. Yeah. Yes, I'm an idiot. You oh, asked okay, the question. Yes, yes. You didn't even know the answer. No, I what just wrote the titles about? down. There's two others. But you um, didn't write down that one. I mean, I wrote the title down. I just didn't remember it. I, I read a lot of notes, man. I just wow. Stuff. Okay. Which one is the one where when uh, 
when Tara broke up with Willow and she did the spell, uh, so Tara would forget that she broke that she. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, with the the. What Morgan? Flower petal uh, under the bed. That's tabula. That's tabula rasa. Morgan said. That's tabula. Wow. The one where they all forget. The one where uh, like Giles and Anya think they're married and. Yeah, but then Tara she calls, has like oh, a, the same she calls one. herself okay. Joan. Oh, it's just the that's same, the same one. one. Okay. okay. Uh, Can I just the, ask? Um, did did we all watch also. the same show? Yes. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Something Blue is another spell gone wrong episode. There's a lot of them, yep. you know, which bother bewildered. There's a lot of ones where they have a spell and it goes kaboom. I wrote, you know, I wrote uh, uh, Band Candy, of course, and uh, Halloween because uh, – Well, that's not a – that's a spell on them. That's not a spell they did that went bad. But, but they take on right. like another character. Yeah. Anyway. I guess Once More with Feeling is kind of like – because Xander yeah. wished for it. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that was a fun walk down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're all around my, the spell. Like, what in happens? my grandmother's uh, nursing home before she died, uh, it was like a nursing home for Alzheimer's. They had this like memory walk. It was like a hallway of like photos. It just seemed kind of cruel that you have Alzheimer's patients and you walk them down a, a, a corridor. It's like, remember this? Remember this? <laughs> No, horrible. <laughs> I need that with like Buffy episodes. <laughs> it's like remember the one where uh, Buffy got drunk a lot and like she turned into a cave woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's start the recap. Beer bad. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I got one. I never remember the titles. Can Steph, can I you? start off with? I, I watched the commentary. Oh, I watched yes. I watched the episode with the commentary Joss and Alexis Denisoff, and the reason that Josh wrote this episode was because they were reminiscing about Alexis about how when Wesley first came to Sunnydale and he was such a dork and he fell down and he was bumbling, so they wanted to see because <laughs> Wesley had turned so cool, yeah. they wanted to see old Wesley again. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that I saw that referenced a few times in my trivia. I also saw a quote that said, I'm not sure if it was from the commentary, but it was from Jaws. He said, also, Cordy has become wonderful and fascinating, but wasn't it fun when she was the biggest bitch in the universe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so we're at a nightclub. Lauren sings about memories and uh, then tells the crowd about youth being a time of magic and how he doesn't like magic. And the alcohol must be flowing because Lorne is getting a little chatty. Uh, he starts to narrate about a boy and with rocking guitars, we see Cranky Connor. Um, but then Lorne decides to start off where Angel and Cordy left off. Uh, okay, and about that, uh, Charisma asked if she could get a haircut they told her no because this episode was going to pick up where the last one left off. They came back and uh, David had gotten a haircut and then the makeup artist forgot to put the cut on David's face. Yep. Okay. So Cordy can't get a haircut, but Angel looks completely different from <laughs> – well, not completely different, but his hair is shorter and all of a sudden he's healed in the space of a well, second. he's a vampire. Basically. Yeah, but we like ended <laughs> on this scene. And all of a sudden, he's, his hair has changed and his, his face is completely healed. Mm, didn't notice. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. Me neither. Um, 
Cordy asks about that meeting at the Bluffs and supposes maybe it was the opposite of a romantic rendezvous, which kind of flusters Angel. He says he at least wants his dearest friend back. Lawrence shows up with a memory spell that can't possibly fail, and suddenly we hear Ron Howard's voice saying, It did. (laughs) Why do they put Lorne in those long jackets? Style? I don't know. To cover up his arms so they don't have to worry about doing the makeup on his hands? That's what I would have said. No, I mean, like the the jackets come way down over his, you know, like... He's got tails? Yeah, they're just really long. He's like a lounge singer. Okay. Uh, Still, Cordy's pumped. Lauren says they first need to gather the six. And there's more about the reason why he says the six in... Like between the lines kind of stuff But this is like stuff that got omitted So who cares um, Wesley is trying out his new collapsible sword At his place And gets a call yes, from the, sh- the script says you're like uh, 007 <laughs> uh, You mean in, in the script notes? Yes In the script uh, he's supposed to be like James Bond And there were lots of uh, Practice, lots of wardrobe malfunctions and there was like a tank top and he looked hot and he's it's like in his contract he's not supposed to be more beautiful than angel <laughs> something like that where did you see this was this in the commentary this was in the commentary they're probably joking you know. they had to be joking <laughs> yeah uh, you know hey you know what Joss Whedon is funny yeah he is <laughs> and uh, uh, the hardest part of the season was keeping Wesley's beard the the same length. <laughs> uh, so Wesley doesn't need any convincing to help Cordy, and he asks about Fred. And we go to Fred, and Fred and Gunner laying awake in bed, not talking. Um, and then Angel calls them down. Wesley arrives, and Lauren tells the crowd that he didn't have any idea of all the drama going on between the three of them. Um, meanwhile, Cordy in a towel reminds us that Connor is 18 when she talks yeah. to Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Angel doesn't seem too concerned that last season Connor was 16 uh, mm. <laughs> Anyway, Cordy is taken aback by Angel feeling very comfortable with just walking into her room anytime he wants um, Downstairs, Gunn sits in the dark and talks jealously about his place in the group and why Fred ran to Wesley And Godfather 3, light his hands, not his face Oh yeah, and and when Gunn talks about he's the muscle, they talk about that because it's really hard to service that character. Yeah, because he's supposed to be the muscle. Mm-hmm. Because you know Angel's the muscle too, but you know Wesley is the brains and Fred is the brains also. So they can't really. You want them to be archeo- archetypal, but. It doesn't really, they don't really fit into those molds. Uh, Yeah, it's, every once in a while, like, the cast, like, says through their characters, like, what am I doing here? (laughs) You know, and I think that's Mm -hmm. what Gunn's starting to do here. Xander did that all the time. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, So Gunn steps to Wesley, there's lots of tough talk, and then Gunn gets a blade to his throat, and Gunn just... Gunn wonders what happened to him, and Wesley reminds him that his throat was cut, and his friends abandoned him. Okay, just steal all the quotes, Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, there's tons of quotes in this episode. That's the one I wanted. Aww. 
Well, by the time we get to the end, uh, no, nobody will remember. I'll cast a spell. Ruined it. I'll, I'll, I'll spin this water bottle in front of me. Ooh. <laughs> in the lobby, a seance for Cordy's, remember- Cordy's memories <laughs> starts. And the bottle in the middle shakes and starts to spin. Uh, Lauren begs whomever to bring her back. Suddenly, some ethereal mist comes from the bottle and shoots into all of them. And George Harrison tunes up his sitar in the corner, and everybody's looking pretty dazed. (laughs) Uh, Lauren gets up and then passes out from behind the counter. Uh, uh, Angel wanders outside. Fred vomits in a potted plant. Gunn starts (laughs) shadowboxing. Wesley chuckles at him. Uh, Cordy freaks and stops on a bottle and lahayam! She and Wesley are married. Uh, uh, Okay. Okay. Josh, okay. Josh said that it's lazy writing to do the uh, spell goes wrong, but he does it all the time. And that in Tabula Rasa, they wanted to do it different, so they had them act like they were on mushrooms. And so, <laughs> so you know, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Nobody knew how how they acted on mushrooms. So somebody had to tell them how to act. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) As everyone starts to chat, we first recognize an old friend. Season one, Buffy uh, Cordelia Chase. From Sunnydale High. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I loved everything about this. I was going to (laughs) say. Uh, she's very ir- irritated that uh, these two guys kidnapped her, but then is very impressed when some uh, somebody walks through the door. And I can't steal a quote, but that quote uh, is uh, something we've heard that before. Yeah, she said that before, right? Yep, it's when first... she first met oh, Angel God. in season one, yes. episode five. Yeah. What is, what's that episode? Uh, how season to kill one, a boy? Five. Never kill a boy in the first date. Yeah. We have battling trivia sheets here. <laughs> um, Is there going to be another uh, trivia contest, Robin? Didn't you do one for Buffy? <laughs> yeah, right. I should do one at the end of Angel. The, I'll be like, okay, so in season one, they'll be like, what? <laughs> um, that was it would years be, ago. It'd be incredibly cruel, but you should do it anyway. <laughs> in the episode, she. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the worst episode of television ever? <laughs> <laughs> Besides that other episode of television that that same guest star was in. Oh, gosh. So, Wesley realizes that everyone in the room has lost their memory. Gunn is talking tough. Fred is very Texan. Wesley brags about yes. being head boy for the Watchers Academy of Witchcraft and Wizardry. <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, a very saucy joke there that uh, I thought, oh, they got that vibe. It was very funny. Anyway, uh, yeah. I'll save it for the quotes. <laughs> Cordy focuses on Angel Who is now Irish And is not a fan of Wesley Well maybe Irish She doesn't sound it <laughs> <laughs> And his name's on Angel His name is Liam And he's yeah, trying they, to figure out Where the accent went <laughs> Yeah they said they didn't want him To do the Irish accent For the entire episode In hmm. other words Thank you He can't do yes. it <laughs> He can't do it No yeah, but, but you know what I like? I like that we see old Gun and we see like that 
that being in this group, this family, and being in this relationship with Fred maybe has like softened him, and he's uh-huh. happy, yeah. and he's not the same person that he used to be. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Um, yeah, he's really just total antagonist for a lot of this episode. It's yeah, just like, pissed on, off. Shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying to figure things out here. Uh, but, you know. Um, all right, so Queen C goes to leave, but Wesley says they need to stay together and figure it out. Um, Fred chimes in with some conspiracy theories. Wesley discovers he has stubble, and Cordy discovers she got a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, this is where uh, Fred stumbles over Lauren, I think, because it's a. I wrote Liam says that it's the devil and they must be in hell. Um, oh no, I guess he didn't. They didn't see Lauren yet. I think Liam. Liam is just saying it's the devil. (laughs) Yeah, and he starts talking about how his dad just, you know, uh, told him him he was gonna. Yeah. Yeah, how he's not gonna amount to much and just the whole he's to pay for his sins yeah he's just kind of mad at his dad and how that comes out later is just really interesting mm-hmm. skipping mm-hmm. ahead go ahead um okay Gunn and Wesley butt heads and Wesley shows off some of the karate he's learned um, but is scared when a stake emerges from his arm <laughs> oh yeah because earlier <laughs> so good. earlier that Steak came out when he was uh, when gun was up in his face. I think the blade came out then. The blade. Yeah, he's got two things going on. Yeah, so yeah. it happens a couple of. At first, it happens in a dramatic scene, and then it happens in a comedic scene. Oh, and there's another comedic scene where it happens. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, something suddenly came up. <laughs> Fred tries to mimic Wes. <laughs> Which is really cute. Oh, so cute. But then you see she's like sad that she doesn't have her own <laughs> sword or and, then every, and everybody starts looking in their sleeves. Cordy's looking in her sleeves. <laughs> uh, that's when Fred stumbles over the devil and Wesley is further <laughs> frightened by his collapsible sword. <laughs> and then we go back to crunchy guitars. Uh, playing is Connor saves a blonde from vamps. She offers a nice ah. reward for 50 bucks. She tells him to run home to mama, get a special treat. Interesting that she'd say that. Yeah. Mama. What? They're just playing up this horny teenager thing too much. Like he's yeah. just so, he's got to burn off all this energy. Cause all he wants to do is smash and bang. Like, come on. <laughs> that's that's what teenage does. boys do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Gunn wants to cut Satan's head off as Wesley t- tapes him to the lobby couch. Which was Amy's idea to tie Lauren to the poof. Yeah, that's called a poof, I guess. I also <laughs> saw it being called a hassock. I was just called it the lobby mm. couch. but. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Fred asks Liam if he's carrying. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Wesley and Gunn bicker about how much they know about demons, which ends up turning into a wrestling match. Steph. Yes. You don't have this one? Uh, oh, about Alexis Denisoff and David Boreanaz begin to get the giggles? No, uh, no. This is when... No, Andy- that's later. I totally saw that. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, that happens when uh, uh, Angel comes running in from outside, but this from is... From seeing uh, the car. Oh. I totally saw it. 
When uh, Wesley is telling Gunn a bunch of lies about knowing what kind of demon loin is, this breed is nocturnal and feeds on roots or possibly possibly human effluvia. What is that word? Hey, I thought you were a nurse. I'm just kidding. I know you're a nurse. <laughs> I've never seen that word before in my life. Which leads them into a fight match in the foreground. Fred approaches the tied-up, knocked-out Lorne and begins to pat at his head and hair, generally examining him. Amy Acker and Andy Hallett kept breaking into laughter, which meant that Alexis Denisoff and J. August Richards had to keep filming their background fight again and again, take after take. <laughs> Who annoying that must be. Guys, stop laughing. <laughs> yeah, they said that, is it Kim Manners or Kelly Manners? Kim. Manners is a director. I no. think Kelly is, is the one who yeah, he's an angel. now deceased. Which one? I think it's Kelly I get them mixed, I get them mixed up. Kim Kelly. Hmm. Anyway, the Manners producer said, uh, keep uh, keep laughing, kids. You're laughing your way all the way. You're laughing yourself till midnight or something <laughs> like that. Like you're going to be – we're going to be filming till midnight if you don't quit <laughs> laughing. <laughs> But you know, I got I got the sense from like reading a lot of uh, you know the behind the scenes trivia that you know this was a nice break for these guys. <laughs> like, yeah, it's getting pretty dark. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so Liam uh, roots for the slave. <laughs> uh, Cordy breaks it up. <laughs> um, Wesley recounts the test they do when you're locked in a house with the vampires for slayers, and it's from the episode Kim. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Uh, what is it? <laughs> Helpless? Helpless. Help. Yeah. Do you remember Give me the name the of the test? <laughs> the Slayer in a House Test. I don't know. <laughs> it's the Cruciamentum. Cruciamentum. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I wrote here, Fred says something funny, which may be somebody's quote. And Gunn is not about to take orders from white folks. Okay, moving on to the next <laughs> Fred says they all sound like teenagers, but something has aged them. Um, Cordy notices her boobs are bigger. Fred notices... <laughs> They're not so much. <laughs> that was so cute. Cordy all of a sudden realizes that she missed prom, which is interesting. <laughs> Because she went with Wesley. She went with Wesley. Hey! Hey, I remembered! An angel stupid was umbrella. <laughs> Is this where Cordy realizes her hair's short? No, that was earlier. Oh. They figure that they should find the vampire and get the whammy taken off of them, and they all split up. So we have Liam and Cordy. Uh, Liam's blown away by the box full of uh, tiny singing people. Trying not to steal quotes here, people. Uh, <laughs> uh, he wants ale and apologizes for being uh, like a girl. <laughs> uh, okay. Although, that, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cordy is turned on by the danger, and she looks away. And Angel's vamp face comes back for a second, and this is when he's like freaking out, running to the bathroom. And uh, when he looks in the mirror, he doesn't see himself. So immediately, he's like. <laughs> Invisible. I'm invisible. I like that the music stops when she goes, No, you're not, and then it starts again. (laughs) Just a little touch that just made this scene scene even more comic. 
and he's in the bathroom, and you actually hear the physical transformation happening over and over again. There's like a like plastic being pulled over plastic or something. Yeah, face changing back and forth with squeaky masturbation joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> One of several um, in this episode. And yeah, Liam is very scared that everybody's going to kill him. Um, coming back for the commercial, Lauren tells the crowd that they should buy some of those products. Um, Gunn, Wesley, and Fred check out the kitchen. Fred thinks that Lauren might be an alien and starts to tell Wesley <laughs> in detail what the aliens might have done to her body. And that's when Wesley's blade comes out. Oops. Uh, back in the lobby, the gang re- Which I say that's a pre- Pre uh, a premature ejaculation joke, <laughs> <laughs> or just instant erection. <laughs> Back in the lobby, the gang regroups, and Liam skittishly runs out the door and is stopped by hundreds of shiny honking demons hurtling back and forth in front of the hotel. He runs back in. Okay, uh, can I give my t- my trivia here? Then we are Alexis. Alexis, Dennis Hoff, and David Boreanaz began getting the giggles as the program progressed. It got to the point that when Angel runs back into the Hyperion Hotel to report that there are hundreds of demons outside, he means cars on the freeway. The two could not look at each other without dissolving into laughter. Take after take was wasting the time of the crew and other actors. They decided they would simply then not look at each other. But between 32 and 33 minutes into the program, they had quick glances and the viewer can watch them trying to hold in their laughter. Yes, I believe oh, I totally Rachel Hughes it. actually uh, took a screen cap of it and posted it in the group. So check it out. <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> uh, Liam's panic continues as Wesley theorizes that one of them must be a vampire. If they can't find him, if they can't find the vampire, one one of them must be the vampire. Yeah. Uh, he whirls on Gun with a cross, and Gun punches him. <laughs> <laughs> he knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> They all hand the cross around, and it comes to Liam, and luckily the devil wakes up. Uh, oh, God. That was great with Fred, like she, like a... Uh, she wants herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have Lauren here. He's not regressed, uh, but he's irritated that he's tied up again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wesley asks where the vampire is. Lauren points points out Liam. Like it's no big deal. Well, he's like, "There's no vampires here except for our boy here." And then Angel punches him, and then like the poof, like takes the punch. Like he knocks Lauren across the room. The yeah. poof just. Um. So the gang all turn on Liam, and that and Fred makes uh, Inspector Gadget accidentally launches steak. <laughs> and Gun cuts him with the axe, which it's funny that Gun like instantly takes it out old hubcap axe right away. Um, so that's when Liam just like totally annoyed starts leaning into being the vampire and decides which girl he's going to feed on first, which uh, upsets Cordy. <laughs> um, and Wesley tells the girls to run, and he attacks, but you know gets knocked aside. Uh, Liam chases Cordy, who lets out an inhuman shriek, and that's when very uh, much so. That's when Connor shows up, and uh, and, val- okay. and Wesley valiantly trips down the stairs. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, they said that like this was the whole point of the episode, and they hadn't. They were like way into the day, and they hadn't filmed 
Wesley doing anything bumbling, so they had him yeah. fall down the stairs. And I, then this is... I watched that stuff. I, I was just like, how the heck did they pull that off without him hurting himself? Mm. <laughs> knocks into a table, then he's on his knees. Ah. What were you saying? I feel like, because Alexis Denisoff is so trained as an actor, I think they must teach, like, Pratt Falls in... Theater school, because doesn't like Justin yeah. Trudeau do that? Like, doesn't he like fall downstairs on purpose? <laughs> Justin Trudeau? What? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, I've watched every video there is on the internet of Justin Trudeau. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he like juggles babies and stuff. What? <laughs> Huh. Falls downstairs on purpose. I think that they teach. That's that's taught in school. I think it's self-taught. <laughs> that's he, weird. Well, he was a wrestler. Was it, was it one of his college videos that he like was like drunk in? Or <laughs> sorry, <clears throat> university uh. videos. Uh. <laughs> university, yes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Connor throws Liam out a window and is confused, but is immediately back on mission when Cordy promises a big reward for Liam's death. So Liam and Connor fight in the kitchen, and Liam tells Connor how much fathers suck, and Connor agrees. Yeah, Connor's like, hey, that's my line. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, you're to- you're, you have my dialogue. I'm supposed to be saying that. <laughs> Meanwhile, the green alien is trying to convince Fred that he's not evil, uh, and she uh, and he does, and she, he blends up a concoction and places a dab on her tongue. Uh, Liam takes Connor down, but before the rematch starts, Fred screams at them to stop, and everybody takes. I love that fight. I love that they're yeah. like swinging in the kitchen on things. I love the the, the stunt, the fighting, and Angel. It reminds me of Arrow. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's the other what? way around. It's the other well, way around. Well, yeah. Arrow mm. is Arrow is the good is the successor of Angel. You know, Arrow seems like the show that Angel was for the CW. Okay. Okay. A bit more <laughs> rambling. It takes longer to get to their stuff. And Shit. Sorry. Freaking Felicity. Oh, mom and dad are fighting again. <laughs> Felicity. Fucking Felicity, over and over again with the Felicity. I love Felicity. This person's dead. Then they're alive. They're dead again. They're alive again. Oh, oh. Are you watching Felicity as part of your podcast? Hopefully, oh, <laughs> smoke. Okay. I've offered, uh, but Steph is uh, decide, keeps keeps refusing to. So I'm forcing her through ten seasons of Smallville. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. The, <laughs> Which hopefully she'll last through. We'll see. Um, all right. <laughs> Everybody takes the paste and goes back to their respective problems. And uh, I guess uh, I'm not sure if he said it in the commentary, but Alexis Denisov spoke of feeling a genuine sadness after the spell ends in the storyline. And they're back to being all dark people, you know, dark storylines again. Um, however, Lauren reminds. Rewinds to show that when he dabs Cordy's tongue, something grotesque and evil opens its eyes. Kim? Say what? What did you think of this? 
Sorry, say that again? <laughs> when uh, Cordy got uh, her tongue dabbed by Lauren, all of a sudden it flashed to some uh, grotesque and evil eyes opening. Uh, what did you think of that? What are you talking about? Did I watch the same episode? Yeah. <laughs> when, Lauren, again? when Lauren put the paste on everybody's tongue, everybody went back to their normal persona. Oh. We saw I him. Have, I must have not been looking at the screen then because I didn't, well, remember, I didn't quick notice thing. that. He put the paste on, on Cordelia's tongue and she ran uh. off. But then it like rewound to see her from her point of view. He put the paste on her tongue again and we saw what she saw. It was a grotesque now, I creature. Don't think it was thing. what she saw, though. I don't think it was meant to be like that. Do you? Oh, I did. I think that was what she saw. Hmm. Oh, that sucks. I missed that. I got to go back and watch it. Yeah, it's pretty scary. Don't call yeah. during podcasting hours. Alright, so Lauren says goodnight to his audience And tells him to stay away from magic Angel tries to talk to Cordy She remembers everything Now and she needs to be alone And Angel asks her Were we in love? And she says we were We were We were Not we are So So Joyce says in the commentary That the main theme of Spin the Bottle is the metaphor of I'm different from the rest, a gay metaphor or just a metaphor for being adolescent, which sort of ends up connecting Angel to his son, but I'm different from everyone else because I'm this. And also he talks about the m- male sexual ridiculousness that Joss only reads about. <laughs> he said he's only read about it. so. <laughs> and also he says that Amy Acker is hum- homely. Homely? Yeah, just kidding. Like oh, being- I say that. Kind of rude. <laughs> um, Matt, I mean, is there anything more you wanted to say about this episode? We kind of ran through the recap. I, I said a lot of the greatest hits throughout. Try not to steal all your quotes, but I mean, you did sign up primarily for this episode. Yeah, You've been most waiting of my, a while for it. <laughs> most of my notes are quotes because it is so quotable. <laughs> and it's fun and it's funny and it's nice to see everyone... Uh. Totally kind of agree. drop their baggage for an episode and just kind of go back to being kind of well they're not friends at this point but they're less just bitter <laughs> they're less yeah. like bitter old fucks they're just <laughs> it's fun it's a fun funny episode um, with lots of good quotes I remember uh... and there's Connor there too which kind of drags it down <laughs> like they should have just left him out like I don't understand why they needed it's kind of like, oh, it's like adding something into the last act that's really going to mess things up is the person has no idea what's going on. I guess that's the conflict of because now there's an action scene. I'm not sure that there really needed to be. Yeah. And and I don't know. What, what did you guys think of the framing device? I really liked it. I don't know about you. I mean, I don't know how when it takes place, really, but... <laughs> I, I mean, I like Lauren, and anything that gives me more Lauren is welcome. But yeah. it, I don't know, it's a little unnecessary. Mm-hmm. There was what was that reference to when, when Lauren gets punched, and it's like a freeze frame. I try to fi- remember what the hell movie that's from. It's referenced. I, I'm, I'm trying to think if it was like Train Spotting or maybe uh, Snatch or Fight Club. Any movie. Snatch. Was it Snatch? Snatch. Okay. Yeah, I, I could have been like any one of those movies. But there was like one where there's narration happening, and you see the narrator getting punched, and he's talking mm-hmm. about um, it as it freezes. Could it be Fight Club? I want to say Goodfellas. 
I'm going to say Reservoir Dogs. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's one team. of those. I, I'm thinking it's either Fight Club or Transpotting. I'm not sure. Everyone's breaking up right now. Oh. Well, it's just you because I hear you guys clearly. And I'm recording. <laughs> All good. Uh, Matt, can you hear us now? <laughs> Still bad. Still bad. Mm-hmm. Sounds uh, fine. Um... Well, I loved this episode. I thought it was Yay. great. It was about time. I was like, so many times I laughed out loud. And I was just like, oh, I like when they get to be funny, you know? <laughs> and it's just, it's so well crafted. Like, all the little nuances of their characters when we first met them. And uh, it just was so, uh, I was a bit confused at first. I didn't know that they were all kind of like the same age. But then I was like, okay, as it, as they explained it a little bit further along, I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> we never knew Amy Acker when she was 17, so that was, was kind of funny <laughs> for, her, her, for always trying to score, like, you got any weed? It was funny. <laughs> you know what's weird about um, Fred's age? Just to interrupt you for a second. Like, in the last episode, we discover that she was, like, pretty well far into college. I don't know if by years, but at least in studies. Um, and then she mm-hmm. disappeared for five years to Pylea, which means I think she's older than than Cordy, at least. See, that's what I could for sure. I was like, is she twenty seven years old, <laughs> or did she, or did she go to college early? Maybe she graduated high school early. She went to college early. Maybe she was in her master's program and she was like twenty, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I was mm-hmm. trying to uh, tell what how old she was too. But Cordelia has really been aged up. She's yeah, not. That's the problem. 20 years yeah. old she's like 25 years she old. looks like she looks like she's 30 yeah next to connor yeah she looks 15 oh. years older than him uh and not in a bad way yeah yeah because like this season four you know she left buffy when she graduated from high school so she's supposed to be like 22 mm-hmm. so but that does not look like four years of difference between her and connor no. No. Oh, not at all. Are you back, Matt? Yeah, I'm here. Fuck, Connor. I haven't gone anywhere. Did you... Oh, wait. I, I interrupted oh, no, your thought, the, Kim. The, um, Where oh. was I? Oh, sorry. Oh, talking sorry. about how wonderful the episode was. Yeah. <clears throat> you were. T- I interrupted you when you were talking about Fred. <laughs> Me? Everybody went all, like, garbly for uh, a long time, so I... Oh, sorry. Yeah, we kind of... Kim started talking about how great the episode was, and then I interrupted her. But we were really trying to buy you time, so maybe we should go back to you. <laughs> what were <Yeah>. you saying? <laughs> I, at this point, I don't even remember. Oh, sorry. Do you guys <laughs> want to go ahead and rate it, then? Hello? No. Anybody? <laughs> we heard I'm you. go first. Uh, I really, really, really like this episode. Like, I was, like, beaming watching it because it was so funny. And I like when um, um, when we're all kind of in on the joke, but the characters aren't, <laughs> you know? It was so, you know, and like, the one-liners were so good. <laughs> you know? yeah. I don't know if it's a, if it's, like, a Joss thing or, or whatnot, because, again, all the best episodes happen to be around when... He has something to do with it, either <laughs> directing or writing. But yeah, it was so. I was like, ah, oh, a little breath of fresh air because I think the show is at its best when it's like this. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because it's so like, it's it's much more funny. Well, I'm, that's a bad grammar. It's funnier and it's smarter than people give it credit for. Like I really, really liked it, and um, yeah, I'm gonna give it nine out of ten. Um, broken bottles. Oh, I'm sorry, that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Mazel tovs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matt? I think this is like the show's funniest episode. It's <laughs> it's hilarious. There's lots of great one-liners. I'm, I'm really... I wish they had found something else to do in the final act besides bring Connor in and have him fight with his dad, which... Uh, I don't really hate Connor as much as some other people, but I kind of wish he just wasn't in this episode because... It's like the adults are talking. Like, let them have yes, their... Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, they have, they have pasts, <laughs> you know, uh, to, de- like, not devolve into, but regress into. And uh-huh, uh-huh. he feels like a tag-along in this. Uh, and I'm not convinced that the framing device was really necessary, except they wanted to give Lauren something to do, and he couldn't be a participant in all the uh, shenanigans. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of my favorites of the series, but it's not m- the favorite. Uh, I think one, at one point I thought that it was, but uh, I'll go nine and a half out of ten tiny minstrels. <laughs> nice. Stephanie? <sighs> okay, like I said, Joss Whedon is funny. <laughs> uh, I, I like that. They have no... They They don't know each other. But we know the that they know the the, the contention the the we know the issues between Wesley and Gunn, and then it still comes up even though they don't know each other and you know that awesome shot at the beginning when Gunn is in the background and Wesley and Fred are in the foreground and those pushians ah so great. <laughs> Uh, ten out of ten. Um, <laughs> tongue paste. <I> don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is probably, gosh, if not top ten, top five angel episodes. And wow, yeah, I I That's agree. Awesome. I agree with you, Kim. Like, I really love Angel when it's this funny. I but I can't say that it. Those are my favorite episodes, but they sh- certainly stand out a lot more than. Um, I mean, the other side of Angel that I really love is when it gets like, like hard drama, super dark, <laughs> super dark, yeah. like Angel closing the door yeah. on the lawyers, that shit. Where I'm like, oh god, this show's awesome. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so it it's like one of the best episodes of the comedic side of Angel, um, and it, it yeah, it's great that they get to just kind of like. Put down all their baggage for you know because gosh uh-huh. you know what Fred and Gunn were heading into in the previous episode and all that Wesley's been carrying for so long. It was nice seeing that, and also you know another way to get into the last act instead of bringing Connor in, they could have unleashed Angelus, so that would have been interesting. Uh-huh. But then again, it might have turned into a much different episode. I like the fact that Liam is like like frightened by the fact that he's a vampire uh-huh. and that everybody's going to kill him <laughs> and just for self-preservation he's like screw it now I'm the vampire <laughs> you know yeah and even you know it's even because when how old was Angel when he turned 
Uh, I think he was like eighteen, nineteen. I mean, he was he uh, was yeah. in the bars, you know, but in Ireland because he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't seventeen, which I thought was a was a nice, uh, neat little twist. Yeah, where he that, would say things, "Oh, I'm really cold," or like, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> yeah, I like the fact mm-hmm. that it takes place before like he turns into the drunken oaf that ends up being seduced uh-huh. by Darla in an alley. Um, so. I don't know. Yeah, I just I love this episode, um, and it's yeah, it's probably one of the best. Um, so I'm giving it ten out of ten. Obviously, um, what was my rating? Ten out of ten. Scarlet. Oh, please shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So the quotes. <laughs> the quotes What's the, the quotes, average? The oh, or you have to the, wait till for Illyria. Well, the average at this point is nine point six. And hopefully Illyrio will raise it. <laughs> so we'll see. Illyrio hated this episode. <laughs> Gosh, this is the worst. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to do a quote? I'm ready. I'm okay. Be cooler if we could score some weed, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot how much I loved uh, Fred as a stoner. A conspiracy yeah. theorist, stoner. My friend Levon said that the government. <laughs> I wanted to know more about Levon. <laughs> Let's He's not like give Tina. up probe. The what? That was my quote. What was your quote? Sorry. <laughs> Let's not give up probe. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'll read one of the two quotes that are left for me. Um, Okay, first of all, she didn't say, may your words please the gods, so much as, may you orally please the gods, which is a slight <laughs> inflections, very crucial in, crucial in our, oh, God bless her. It's always nice to hear the mother tongue, as long as it's not from my mother. <laughs> Whoa, is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite, where I laughed out loud, was, it's time the Englishman had it coming. I'm rooting for the slave. <laughs> <laughs> See, I missed that. But I did hear the English is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. Just hearing, I was like, like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, so who's going to be the first course? Hard to choose between you two girls. What do you mean it's hard? I, I, I mean, she's the tasty one. Look at her. Half of her is neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, oh God. My hair, my hair. All right, I'll throw out my last one. Trust me, sweetness, there's no way this can go wrong. So I'm an idiot. What are you, perfect? (laughs) Are you always this grouchy? Only when I wake up with a bunch of insane white folks trying to tell me what to do. (laughs) Fathers, don't they suck? Say what? Say one thing then. Be good, fear God, do as you're told. And the whole while, I, I know good and well he's had his share of sinning. Sounds like my father. Is he a self-righteous, self-righteous bastard? You'd be amazed. <laughs> because I Hello, like... salty goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I like Nerdy Angel, I liked it when he said... I tell you, I get through this, I'm going to have a great cup of ale. I don't care what father says it does to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any more? 
Yes, I like it when... <laughs> yes? Yes, of course. Gun. Where? Me. That's my name. The short version. <laughs> oh, what school do you attend? <laughs> so who are you? I'm the guy that's going to be kicking a whole mess of ass somebody. Don't tell me what's going on. What do they call you for short? <laughs> Poor kid. This- Engine running and stuck in park. This yeah. one's before not, they lose their... Uh... Oh, go ahead, Kim. Not all of us have muscles to fall back on. What happened to you, man? I got my throat cut and all my friends abandoned me. Oh, love that line. Deep cuts. So... Because he doesn't He doesn't saying, say it in a self-pitying way. No. Or it's, it's almost just like matter of fact. That's what happened. That's what happened to me. It's also a big F oh. you to gun, I think. A big, exactly. Yeah. A big F you I... to gun. See, I felt like it had a lot of, like, rage behind it. Like, yeah. For sure. You did this to me. Like, you, you're you angry at me, but I'm the one who's angry at you because you, you know, we were <laughs> friends and you really dropped the ball. <laughs> uh, right. Before they lose their, their, um, what what do they lose? Not their, their minds. <laughs> no, they're, before they Fertility. turn back into their teenage selves. Oh. Um, I like this line from Cordelia. So, you're perfectly okay with just wandering into my room any old time. That fits the we were in love theory and the harassment theory pretty much equally. <laughs> I have two more. <laughs> One's an actual gun quote. Oh, good. Symbols on the floor. That always goes well. <laughs> and uh, my last one is Wesley and Angel. What type of demons would you say? Shiny. <laughs> you don't sound Irish. <laughs> Mm. All right, any more quotes before we wrap it up? It's all of them. Oh, I think we quoted the entire episode. Yeah, right? <laughs> and we still haven't read any feedback. Ah! Oh, my God. So I just got done watching the Symmetry episode and Spin the Bottle. And, oh, my God, Gun killed the guy. Gun killed the guy. Uh, I thought they were leading us down a different road. I thought that... Because Wesley and Fred were being ambiguous in the car, I thought that they had found a way to give her old professor his comeuppance, but no one would be in danger. And then all of a sudden, a dude just twisted the guy's head and killed him. Oh my god. And uh, yeah, Connor and Cordy, that made me want to vomit. That's just totally not cool. Um, I'm going to give this episode uh, 8 out of 10. Uh, Gun just killed a guy. Uh, Spin the Bottle was a really amazing fun ride. It reminded me of that Buffy episode where they were in the magic shop and they all forgot who they were and they're trying to figure out who the leader was. Uh, By far, Karate Wesley was adorable. I'm I'm really happy Wesley's gotten into this dark, brooding, you know, five days (laughs) growth on his beard uh, sexiness. But man, fumbling... Wesley, awkward Wesley is so great. Um, yeah, Liam really hates the English, uh, and he's invisible. Love it. Uh, I give this episode nine and a half out of ten. Poor Lorne. All right, bye. Oh, this is Lirio, by the way. Let me just quickly run through Ray's notes while one of you brings up Facebooks. Facebooks. All the Facebooks. <laughs> Ray wrote in. These are both really great episodes, minus the creepy Connor and, Connor and Cordy flirting kissing. Supersymmetry. 
I really love the showcase for Fred and Amy Acker is just great. Fred is nerdy, smart, and kind of frail looking, but I think that Amy plays her with a sort of inner strength that I really think shows through. And I thought that the show brought up some really interesting and heavy themes towards the end of the episode. Fred was dead set on vengeance and killing the professor. I think that Gunn rightly argues that if Fred commits premeditated murder, that there is no going back for her. Is uh-huh. getting vengeance on the professor worth the toil that it will take on Fred going forward? Gunn wants to protect Fred from the hurt that he knows will continue to plague her after the professor is dead. So, in the end, he does the noble thing by taking the burden away from Fred and killing the professor before Fred does. So now Fred doesn't have to carry the burden of committing murder, but she feels like Gunn took something away from her because she felt like she needed that vengeance to finally fully move on from her five-year exile in Pylea, and now she will never get that chance. That seems like it's going to be a pretty big blow to Fred and Gunn's relationship and something that I don't know if they'll be able to overcome. Oh, Ray, I'm sure you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I like how he... uh, says exactly what the episode is trying to say because I think we were downplaying a lot of it. Yeah, we were like so struggling too. to make sense of it and that that made sense. Yeah, but still it's like uh, why did he have to do that? And You know, it's, I don't know, it's just very conventional like, well, Fred's never going to recover from this. I don't know. Um, I, liked, I liked his summary of it more than the execution of it in <laughs> yeah. the episode. Yeah. Uh, Gunn may have saved Fred from herself, but in doing so, he might have doomed the relationship. It's also obvious that Wesley still has a thing for Fred, and he's still keeping tabs on Angel and the gang. Uh, And Spin the Bottle. One of the funnier episodes of Angel, it's pretty reminiscent of the Buffy episode Tabula Rasa, where no one remembers who they are or how they got there, which leads to a lot of comedy and some revelations about the characters. Written and directed by Joss Whedon, so you know the dialogue is going to be sharp and funny. From Wesley being head boy <laughs> to being sad <laughs> that she doesn't have boobs and being a little bit of a pothead. There's so many good lines. We also got to revisit the Buffy season one cor- version of Cordelia. I'm really happy that we were spared from David Boreanaz's Irish accent, though. <laughs> Wesley and Gunn had a pretty intense fight before the spell, where Wesley admits that having his throat cut and his friends abandon him has changed him. It's a pretty brutal conversation between former best friends. And finally, that last scene with Angel and Cordy, where he asks if they were in love, breaks my heart every time. And the look on Boreanaz's face is just devastating. He really sells, sells the moment. Overall, these episodes perfectly balanced the comedy with the dark and heavy, heavy stuff. My only real complaint is the Connor stuff. And I can overlook that since it's such a small part of these two, both of these episodes get a 10 from me. Ray. Ooh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Consider right, super have- symmetry and spin the bottle to be equal. Okay. <laughs> All right, I've got Facebook feedback. Yay. Oh my gosh. Um Matthew says, Bet you never thought you'd see Lala involved in a love triangle involving Fred no less. Despite the darkness involved, I love what the characters go through in Supersymmetry. And I don't think it's too spoilery to Okay, let me skip that line. Uh <laughs> to set the table nicely for our second all fun <clears throat> episode of Spin the Bottle, which resets everyone to their, I'm assuming since Cordy hasn't met Buffy yet, 15-year-old selves. I'm sure no one was surprised to find out Wes was head boy at the Watchers Academy, but who knew Fred was such a pot fiend back in the day? And Corey says that he thought that that Fred uh, being a pothead sounded fake to him and thought that she was just trying to be cool. 
to make friends. No. And then Matthew says, or it's a commentary on life in small town Texas, which means a bit of both. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel Hughes says, yeah, I don't know what Joss or Amy Acker was aiming for there. How has no one on that set ever gotten high before? (laughs) I thought she was fine. Yeah. I, she wasn't high, was he? Was she? She was supposed to be acting I, high. Well, I guess it's that because she's so smart and she was a physicist that she wasn't cool enough in high school to be a pothead. I wasn't cool. That I does wasn't, it, I mean, uh, that, I know some people that were cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael says, uh, maybe Fred was that person in her youth. She was super intelligent, nerdy kid, and always... And she thought the only way to make friends was to print, pretend to be what she thought a pothead was. Uh, okay, I shared the Snopes article about the peanut butter dog. Anybody wants to learn more about the woman, the peanut butter, and the dog story? I do not want to know about that. <laughs> uh, Rachel says, I'm watching Spin the Bottle now, and I seem to remember the filmmaking techniques that Joss employed are ones that we take for granted now. And they were not common on TV back then. People were quite annoyed and confused by the Lorne nightclub framing device. I do hate that excessive, shaky handheld cam, though. And then she shares that screen cap of Boreanaz cracking up. So, that's all our feedback. What filmmaking techniques were not in? The fast push-ins and the shaky cam. and Uh, uh Joss was being postmodern. Joss being Joss. Um, okay, so uh, thanks for the feedback. You can send all your feedback to Hooplecast at gmail.com. I knew I couldn't pull it, it off. Shit. <laughs> Potential cast. Nope. I said redemptioncast at gmail.com. <laughs> you can, you uh, said potential cast. That's did I? what threw me. No, Matt did. All right. <laughs> it's a Hooplecast. <laughs> oh, he did? <laughs> Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RedemptionCast, and uh, you can tweet at Illyrio and tell him you missed him, and I'm sure he'd appreciate that. We missed him, and hopefully, or tell we him did how, how much better the episodes were. <laughs> and, Joking, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, hopefully, you did hear this podcast uh, that a big feedback from Illyrio. If not, I just edited. What I just said out. So, uh, <laughs> Matt, thank you for being our guest tonight on this momentous podcast episode. I appreciate it. Uh, anything fun. you want to plug before you uh, head for the hills? Oh, Black hills? <laughs> so many things. Uh, first of all, my friend Matt and I do a podcast about video games called Matt is Wrong About Games. I am currently the co host of an Orphan Black podcast, Clone Dance Party. Which uh, we're in the last season of Orphan Black, so we are recording tomorrow, actually. Will and I do, that's another friend of mine, do Spartacast about the television series Spartacus, and we're currently talking about the prequel uh, six part series. It's taking us a while to get through it, but we're going to finish that uh, eventually. Uh, maybe Robin will send feedback in once again if he ever has the time to, to catch up to the, uh, the podcast. We're not going pretty fast, so I think you yeah. can catch up. Um, and then my main podcast is 
Hooplecast, hooplecast.com. We started as a podcast about Deadwood, but now we talk about HBO pilots. Uh, every We're covering every drama series and miniseries that aired on HBO from the beginning to present day. We most recently covered wow. Six Feet Under and Band of Brothers. Next up, we're going to talk about The Wire and Carnival. And, mm, um, that bonus episode, though. Yeah, we did a bonus episode um, about the, thanks for all the prompts, Robin. They're very helpful to keep me right on track. Uh, Robin and I talked about the series finale to The Leftovers and released that as a bonus episode. Just a like a thirty-five minute discussion. That so that shows that shows done now. Yep. Yeah. Okay. It's fantastic. Oh God, it's such a good show. Twenty-eight perfect episodes. Yeah. Uh, uh, twenty-eight episodes in therapy. <laughs> It's only 28 episodes? Yeah. 28 episodes. You can watch it in like two weeks. A day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A day or two. (laughs) I was just saying, I hope that that Damon is in therapy because Mm. we really messed him up. Like, he is like really messed up from the lost finale. <laughs> like he's trying to make up for it. Well, well he, he knocked this one out of the park. So he yeah, was uh, officially pardoned on Hooplecast. So oh, no one can okay. ever talk shit about him again. That's right. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, Kim is up, is flying in a helicopter. And so just wave to her. If you see her fly by, please. Um, uh, Steph, Steph and I are, uh, wrapping up I zombie season three. But we're also on our other podcast called We Don't Want to Wait, in which right now we're wrapping up uh, My So-Called Life, and we're going to be digging into Smallville, hopefully, if she doesn't kill me. Uh, Steph, anything else you want to plug? Your dog is no. abnormally silent tonight. Yeah, she's, she's pretty tired. Mm-hmm. Well, her uh, my husband's not home raising and lowering the garage door, so... <laughs> There's nothing going on for her to freak out about. Robin, you've been waiting for Smallville for like decades, it seems. All my life. (laughs) All my life. Uh, So that should be fun. Um, And uh, yeah, I guess, uh, oh, I should say what's coming up next. Where's Illyrio? I I need need prompts. Uh, uh, So we have (laughs) 38 episodes left. And the next episodes are... Apocalypse Nowish and Habeas Corpses. And I must say, Kim, uh, you're more fortunate than anybody who watched it live because uh, there was like a five month break, I believe, between both those episodes when it originally aired. So, Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So when you finish that first episode, go, oh. <laughs> Feel free <laughs> uh, to message me if you want. Okay. To okay. Uh, I guess that's it (laughs) from us here at Redemption Cast to you out in your homes. uh, Thank you for listening. Bye bye. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Goodbye. That's what Illyria does, right? Turn